Welcome to the Navigating Cancer Together podcast. My name is Talaya Dendi. I am a 10-year cancer thriver, cancer doula, and owner of On the Other Side. I use my experience to help others get on the other side of cancer. This podcast is about sharing stories, resources, and information about all things related to cancer and wellness. I interview guests from all walks of life who are living with cancer, caregivers, and those who made it on the other side. Also, I talk with organizations, healthcare professionals, and experts in the health and wellness spaces who offer complimentary and integrative care. Join me. We are in this together. Hello, and welcome to Navigating Cancer Together. I am your host, Talia Dindy. Today, our very special guest is Lynn Wadsworth. Lynn Wadsworth is the owner and founder of Holistic Health and Wellness, LLC. She is a curator of the Energized Healthy Women's Club. She is also an AADP Certified Holistic Health Practitioner. She earned her certification through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition in New York. Lynn is also a certified wellness cooking instructor. That is something I would love to learn more about. It sounds very interesting. Lynn, thank you so much for joining us today and welcome. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Thank you, Lynn. I appreciate your time today. Lynn, you are a holistic health practitioner. Please share with us what led you to become a holistic health practitioner. Mostly like many coaches, it was my own health. So I was having migraines every day, pretty miserable. Plus I was a yo-yo dieter all my life. And so with that up and down with the weight, other problems occur as well. So I had high blood pressure, high cholesterol, always fatigued, fall asleep in the afternoons and I just decided it was not what life was supposed to be like. And so I started searching out some answers. And a friend of mine had, in England had recently been through a, a similar type of college to what I did with the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And it just caught my interest. And so I decided that maybe this had some answers for me. And it did. It transformed my life the way that I changed things around, got off my blood pressure meds and my cholesterol meds, stopped the yo-yo dieting, got into what I call a healthy lifestyle, which serves so many people with so many different diseases and problems. You can say it transformed me, not just with my health, but with my mindset, with my whole self holistically. Wonderful. How did you come to learn about this? Were you just trying different things, going through traditional medicine and just not getting the results that you wanted? Is that what led you to look in a different direction? I was a yo-yo dieter, so I followed every fad diet that was out there. And I think the fact that we go on these fad diets, we go on these yo-yo diets, it is so unhealthy for us. It breaks down our immune system. I just knew that this was obviously not what life was about, was just going from one diet to another. And at the same time, actually, because my migraines were so bad, I 
sought help from our local hospital, which had a migraine rehab center. I actually, by that point, was addicted to Vicodin, which was very easily obtained, whereas the migraine meds weren't and the preventatives didn't work for me. So I didn't realize at the time that was totally holistic as well. So they helped me put into practice different holistic methods for helping with migraines. And this was at the same time I was going to school and it really all linked together. It just became something that, so for a lot of people, if I'm teaching my clients how to live a healthy lifestyle, I do it slowly for them. But for me, I, it was like a quick thing because I was in so much pain all the time and we were trying to get me from here to here with my migraines. And it just also helped the holistic lifestyle and what I learned in college on how to eat properly, how to hydrate, how to take care of my body holistically. They all just went hand in hand. So it was really both of them that helped me because I didn't just learn what to do, I put it into practice. Lynn, I would like to know more about the Certified Wellness Cooking Instructor. Please <laughs> share with us how you became this certified instructor and where. I'm really interested because I'm a finicky eater, so I'm always looking for healthy ideas about food and cooking. So please share that with yeah, us. Yes, so I happened to become friends with one of the girls who had been through IIN before me, and she has a wellness cooking academy. So that's what it's called. And I did notice the other day that she's opening it up again soon. So you just look for wellness cooking academy and she offers it a few times a year. So she not only teaches you some ideas on how to eat, but she also teaches how you can do classes for people and teach them how to eat and how to plan meals and how to batch cook. So not long after I had done that, I got all these ideas on having these classes put together. And then of course, COVID hit and that kind of shut that down for us. But it would be, it's a great way of, if you're a coach yourself, getting a, a large group of people together and teaching them how to do one, two, three dishes and then they take it with them and they've got it to eat. And it teaches how your plant-based meals and your healthy meats can, you can do different recipes with them. So the funny thing is for me with cooking, and I want to learn how to do wellness cooking because obviously I want to eat healthily, but I hate to cook. <laughs> so the part that really helped me was how to really do a good job at planning and preparing meals out for several days at a time and that's been one thing that consistently has really helped me to stay eating healthy because I don't have to think ahead I've got several meals planned out for the week and partially prepared or fully prepared. Yes, that has been one of the biggest reasons that I've heard why people don't cook more or they don't eat healthier is because, oh, it takes so much time and I don't know what to cook and then I have to clean dishes. So just having this, so to speak, a process in place to make it easier for people can make a big difference. Yes, absolutely. Because before COVID, I used to do classes at one of our local health food stores and one of them was on meal prepping and meal planning. And I took the stuff in there and taught them how to do it. 
And there are simple things like salad in a jar, which you can easily make salads in a, a mason jar and you can make them if you make them properly, you, they'll keep up to five days. So that's great for picking up and going for your lunches. I have to agree with the salads in a mason jar. I actually had learned that from a nutritionist and boy, did it make a big difference when it came to having meals for lunch. And just, it was so easy to make up a couple of those jars and grab one in the morning and take it with me. And there you go. No bad fast food. And that's what it's about. I know that you talk to people with cancer or transitioning from the other end. And if they can learn how to eat real plant-based foods, that is just a game changer for them. I know that I have seen that with people I know that have had cancer and I have talked to them about different foods to eat and how to eat, and it makes a big difference. Absolutely. Lynn, what are some other ways that living holistically can help cancer patients or people that have completed treatment? There are a few things that come to mind. Stress is a big one because obviously they've been through this whole stressful bout of chemo, radiation maybe, and the surgeries. And obviously they're stressed, they're worried, they're anxious. And learning stress management can be so important. So when we're thinking about holistic health, we're thinking about the whole picture. We're thinking about the emotions, the stress, the family relationships or outside relationships. We're thinking about the body, the mind-body-soul connection. Spirituality is a big part of it, as well as the nutritional part. We actually, where I went, we had what they call a circle of life. And you put in there where you think you are on the spectrum for say your emotions, your stress, your relationships, how you eat, how you sleep, how you hydrate. And it's really interesting because you're supposed to have it circular and balanced. But if you do that, you'll find that different points on that circle are lower than they should be. And I imagine for cancer survivors, that stress portion is very high. Self-care becomes very important. Self-care is absolutely not selfish. In no way, shape or form is it selfish. That was a hard one for me to learn because that's different to what society teaches us. But it's so important that we take care of us. So it does not mean that you have to take out an hour or two of your day and do this whole big thing or always go for a, a massage or a pedicure or a manicure, which of course became very hard during COVID. Yeah. You can do things like learn good breathing techniques, which actually they taught me both at the Institute of it for Integrative Nutrition and when I was going through the rehabilitation center at okay. Tampa General Hospital. So the breath is a big part of it. And then learning to manage your stress. So there was one app in particular at the headache clinic that they had us use. And it was actually, you had to pay for it at the time. So I know some of them like Calm, different ones are free, but the one they had us use went from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. And it's like you self-scan through your body to find where you're holding the tension. I always hold mine in my neck, my shoulders. Yes, me too. So it, it just teaches you through this kind of meditative app to feel that and then to relax it it scans down your body and helps you to relax it so that's a great tool 
And I so rarely use that now because I know how to do it. I think it was called rest and relax. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. You can look up free meditation apps because meditation is not like that woo-woo thing I used to think Mm -hmm. it was way out there. It can be very simple. And for me, doing a visual type of meditation I visualize myself on the beach and it brings in all of your senses the smell the hearing the seeing the feeling and 30 seconds is all you really need and it can just take you from that anxious state to feeling more calm and that's what we want to do is to get ourselves back in balance it's all about balance whether it's sleep whether it's hydration whether it's food Whatever aspect of the holistic circle you're on, it's all about balancing it out. I could not agree more. And you touched on so many wonderful things. And I like how you say balance because that is very important. There's a time and a place for everything. And it's so important to make sure that our nervous system, our central nervous system is not always feeling stressed and in that fight or flight mode, because that affects so many other things. Most importantly, our immune system. Thank you for sharing those. Lynn, what are some ways that you've helped your clients or friends who have had cancer? So there are a couple of things. For one thing, I believe very strongly in the alkaline diet for people. And it's easy to look up to find out what the alkaline diet is because we tend to be so much more acidic, and especially for, for all of us, but especially for cancer patients or cancer survivors. And they want to learn how to have that alkaline system. Some of the ladies that I've talked to have done some simple detoxes because the detoxes I do are all food based. And so it can be a seven day, 10 day, 14 day, 21 day, just to balance out the body. Again, it balances the hormones, it balances your immune system. For example, some of us, as we get older or we've had sicknesses, We've got these food sensitivities, so it helps with that. And one of the biggest things I teach people, and it sounds so, so simple, is hydration. Lemon water is wonderful because it will give you a little detox boost, especially if you drink it warm first thing in the morning. But it's really important that we're drinking at least 64 fluid ounces. And actually, most research now tells us we need to be drinking half of our body weight in fluid ounces per day. Hydration leads to sickness and disease and certainly when you're coming out of cancer it's so important to keep that hydration going. Remember that for every cup of coffee that you drink you've got to drink one cup of water the same size just to equal it out because black tea and coffee both are diuretics. So you've got to put in really double what you just drunk in something like tea or coffee and sodas. I would highly recommend staying away from anything with sugar. That's one of the big things. Sugar harbors that cancerous proclivity. And so it's really important to do away with processed foods and the sugary foods. And I know that sounds impossible, but probably a lot of cancer patients and cancer survivors are already doing that because I think that so many of them 
want to look into a healthier journey during that time. And I think that if you research it, you see it everywhere. Get off the sugar, get off the processed foods. And mm-hmm. a funny story to help people remember that is I came obviously from England where we would go to the bakery every other day and buy fresh made bread. When I came to the States and I went to the grocery store, I was so excited to see that they got bread <laughs> on the shelves. It lasted two or three weeks. I'm like, great, I don't have to go to the grocery store anymore. Of course, when I went through school and learned all about the chemicals, everything that's put into that kind of food, you realize you're adding poison, literally poison into your body because they're putting harmful chemicals back in to make up for the lack of taste and to make it last. So foods like that, you need to be very careful. Great advice, Lynn. It is really hard when everything that we see and 90% of the things that are affordable are these foods that have all of these additives, preservatives, chemicals, Mm -hmm. coloring, all the things that are not good for us. And, And so I really love how you have that background with wellness cooking, because I'm sure you're able to offer suggestions for people, things that they can actually afford. And that's the hard balance with this. One one quick tip on that is check your local area because here in the Tampa Bay area, we have food co-ops and you actually go, it's an outdoor thing and every week they have a variety of foods. So you can go and get fruits and vegetables that easily feed a family of four for $20 or go to your local farmer's market or check and see what's coming up go to a produce stand because the food is actually more likely to be organic and it's fresh and it's a lot cheaper. So there are ways to eat on a budget. You can go to these bulk places and buy things like quinoa and the ancient grains, different things like that are healthy for you and they're going to be a lot cheaper. And you just mentioned quinoa. I was so surprised. Before I tried it, I'm like, I don't know how that's going (laughs) to taste. I found some really good recipes, Lynn, and I was really amazed. So don't be afraid to try different things. Yeah, and if people don't think they like it, I have a great recipe that's easy to share. I use the red quinoa for it, and I just boil it, follow the directions, and I use a Uh, balsamic two tablespoons of balsamic vinegar two tablespoons of honey and a half a lemon squeezed put it into the quinoa stir it up and then you can add your choice of berries or pineapple or some kind of fruit in there because if you find it unpalatable having the fruit in there if you like fruit makes a big difference Great. Thank you for that tip. I'm going to try that. Another thing that I wanted to ask you about was we touched on self-care and we touched on nourishment a little bit, but please go into more detail about pillars of health and how they can also been a cancer patient or possibly prevent recurrence. The pillars of health are very easy, really, if we think about it. So we've already talked about hydration, which is so important. It makes up a significant part of your blood. It cushions your joints, aids digestion, normalizes blood pressure, 
carries nutrients and oxygen to your body, flushes bacteria. This is a great reason why after suffering from cancer that you really make it priority to be drinking. Then of course, there's a nutritional step about it and the quality of the food choices that you're going to make, which we've also talked about a little, but with nutrition, with foods, it's supposed to nourish your body. And if a sure way to tell is if you eat something and you feel sluggish afterwards, it's not helping your body at all. You want to eat something that makes you feel like you're energized again, that you're fully satisfied. So an easy way to do that is to start keeping a food journal to track the food intake and become more aware of the quality of food that you're eating. Another important step, I use these words because people seem more receptive, move more. We don't always like that word exercise, but while diet's a critical piece of the puzzle, and even if you choose the healthiest, most nutritious options of the food that you eat, daily exercise is a, an absolutely crucial key. So I'm not saying go out and take a 5K walk. Just doing it to start off with, if you're not feeling well after you've gone through all of this, you can just make it a goal to start with 10 minutes a day. Being outside in the sunshine has added benefits. If you're out in nature and you're taking in some vitamin D with the sun, definitely is helpful. But if people can't start off with that and they can't get around very much, just walk around in your house for a while until you have built up a bit of strength and stamina and then aim for 30 minutes a day so it's not always that you're looking for weight loss which a lot of people do it for with physical activity but what you're doing is you are building your cardiovascular system you're building up your immune system it helps reduce stress and anxiety it lifts your mood it's like a natural antidepressant so it can also help with uh, blood cholesterol levels type 2 diabetes lowers the risk of some cancers so that's why it's so helpful strengthens the bones and joints which has become weakened after all of that chemo and it does increase your energy levels so that can be a very crucial part and it improves your sleep sleep is another pillar of health that's so important if people think about it and they often answer this negatively, if they just think about the last time they woke up without an alarm in the morning and still felt refreshed and not needing a giant cup of coffee, most people don't even remember the last time that happened. Today's digital world has become a real stumbling block when it comes to our sleep. So I just try to tell my clients, if you can an hour before you go to sleep, turn off all of your digital stuff if you can read a regular book that can really help lack of sleep just really all around is bad for us and some of the things that help us sleep better is that we eat a better type of food you can remember prebiotics and probiotic foods potassium helps you to stay asleep and that can be found in bananas, coconut water, and avocados. And then magnesium is a relaxant and can help you fall asleep better. So 80% of the population is deficient in magnesium. 
And sometimes people just have to use some kind of supplement to help in that regard. And that's a whole different podcast or topic when it comes to magnesium. Be very careful when you eat your last meal of the day and what you're eating. And practice good sleep hygiene. Implement a sleep routine, a hygiene routine could be something as simple as taking a shower before you go to bed because when you do things on a routine basis your body knows oh hey we're getting ready to go to sleep try some different things and the last one I'm going to mention there's a lot more but the last one is the soul nourishment so it's an extra step that you can take to really add joy, contentment, and balance to your life. So our soul needs to be nourished. However you want to think about your soul, of course, to me, my soul is linked to the spiritual with God, but people have different meanings. But it's so important to, to nourish that part of yourself. And that, of course, links in with your self-care. It's your mind-body-soul connection. So having that healthy self-care routine that you practice throughout the day or maybe in the morning is such a worthwhile investment that helps you mentally, emotionally, and makes that body-soul connection for you. So you need to think about a few self-care practices that you can add to your schedule that fits in with your personality and lifestyle, because what works for me may not be what somebody else wants. And then... If you're having a hard time scheduling it in, put it into your planner, block off a time in your calendar so that every day you've got a specific time that you know that you can spend 15 minutes taking care of your self-care routine. Very crucial part. That's just to mention five of the steps. A lot of great information, Lynn. Thank you for sharing that. While you were talking, I was thinking about personalization, and that's what I really like about the holistic care is that you can personalize it. There's not, a, you just said it, there's not a one size fits all. Find what works for you and stick with that and make that a part of your self-care, your daily care. That's a great way to get on the road to healthiness or live in a more healthy lifestyle. It's doing those things that that you like, but that also benefit you. And it just becomes second nature. Yeah, it does. Lynn, my next question is, what have been one of the biggest challenges that you've seen your clients or friends with cancer face? And how did you help them overcome that challenge? So a lot, there's so many challenges they face. <laughs> yeah. The biggest one I would say that they face is knowing what to eat that's going to benefit their body because I think that there are some cancer centers that do go into that healthy eating portion, but very few. And I think if it became a routine part of how they help people through that process, it would be such a big benefit. And that's what I've really tried to help people with the different things that they can eat to nourish their body and taking into account that Many people during that phase really don't want to eat, but they really have to eat. Things as simple as smoothies where they can't eat anything else, they can eat a smoothie and make it very nutritious for themselves and nutrient dense. Because you're trying to get in with every meal a little bit of fat, healthy fat, vegetables, maybe some fruits, 
and some protein and all of that is fibrous so it's going to keep them filled up but it's easier to take into the body and digest just like we mentioned coconut water that's a great addition to a smoothie you may not want to do it because I often do half water half coconut water because it is quite sweet but it's got so many nutrients in it and it's very beneficial and so I teach them some tips and tricks on different things that they can add into their diet that's not going to leave them feeling nauseated and feeling like they are bloated I would say when you're thinking about smoothies, yogurt isn't always the best alternative because that can be bloating and heavy on people. I don't even very often tell people to put coconut milk or almond milk in their smoothie. I stick with the coconut water because I think it's more beneficial and easily digestible for them. And if they can take probiotics and prebiotics or foods that have that in them, that's something that's going to help their digestive system as well. That's so true, Lynn. Even in my case, just knowing what to eat was a challenge. And even though there was a dietitian there at the center where I had my treatment, it just wasn't very helpful. And so I can really see the benefit of having someone like you on my healthcare team, especially while getting cancer treatment and into survivorship, because you don't know what to eat and then you don't feel like eating. And so those are two big things right there that kind of cause people to just throw their hands up. And so I love that you work with your clients and you really help them find those things that are not only healthy for them, but that they can tolerate and that they enjoy. Yeah, it's just so important to keep up your immune system. And if you're not eating, you're not boosting your immune system. And I can relate to a certain extent, because when you have a really bad migraine, it can be the same way you don't want to eat, you hurt all over you, you don't even want to drink water, and you have to learn to push yourself to do it. And a lot of time you just need that accountability with somebody to push you on through during those tough times. Yes, that makes a big difference. Accountability. We all need those accountability partners really in every area of life, especially when you're trying to survive, but then also meet major goals that you've set for yourself. It's interesting because people tend to think that health coaches have it all together. Most health coaches have health coaches or life coaches because we understand the importance of that accountability portion. Absolutely. Lynn, you believe that life can begin at 40. Why do you believe this? And how is this possible, Lynn? Still those same principles. I actually, when I reached 40, to me, that was just a wonderful thing. It didn't bother me at all. When I hit 50, that was a little bit, bit different. That was a bit depressing to me. But after I became a health coach, I learn that what you put in your body and taking in the holistic approach to life made such a difference. As I say, I used to fall asleep at three o'clock in the afternoon, probably every day. I, there was also some adrenal fatigue that was going on with me. But when I learned how to take care of my body, I learned that when you take care of your body, there's this whole wonderful anti-aging process that goes on as well. And people 
I know there's a saying now that 60 is the new 40, but I know it's a mindset thing for a lot of people, but I really think if you think about how things were 20, 30 years ago, people never talked about menopause. Well, people would hit 50, go through menopause, and I guess this is just what what I've surmised and with talking to other people. If you think about it, most people only live till 60, 65. They didn't live the long lives that we live now. So if you think about reaching 50, you've got almost half a lifetime to go again. So that's why I believe that life begins at 40, because at age 40, if you live double that, you're 80 and majority of people live that long now if not longer so life really does begin for us then and I think we've got so much wisdom we've lived through so much that we understand so much that if we have the right attitude and the right mindset it really takes on a new life of its own and a new joy and a new fervency for life when we think about it in the right way That is a great outlook and a great mindset to have, especially the way that society talks about aging today. Mm -hmm. It's like some people believe once you hit 30, your life is over. And I'm with you. I'm like 40. Yes, that you've learned something. You've seen some things and it's a blessing. No matter how you look at it, it's a blessing to be able to be 40, 60, 80. There are a lot of people that don't make it to that age. And then to still be able to be around and share that wisdom and help other people who are younger than you. I think that is another thing as well. I just admire and I love talking to people older than me because it does not matter if we have a five minute conversation. I am very likely to get some nugget out of that if I'm willing to listen. So don't write people off when they reach 40, 50 and older. They have a lot to share. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Lynn, I want to thank you for all of the information that you've shared with us. Before we end, I want to wrap up with two final questions. The first one, Lynn, is what is something that you've learned in life that you would like to share with the listeners? I think that I have learned that self-love is very important. We go through life. We have listened to other people. We've got negative thoughts about ourselves and our bodies and I think that learning to love yourself love your body love who you are is a very important thing the other thing that I have learned is that you really should live life to the fullest and live in the present obviously we don't know if we've got tomorrow but living in that joy can be so important for us to really take on each day with a good positive attitude and enjoy every moment that we have. Great advice, Lynn. And finally, what is next for you? I will continue coaching people because it's what I love to do. Next for me is Hawaii. Oh, wow. I love it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Finally, after all this pandemic, we get to travel a bit. So as long as COVID stays down. I continue to coach people, continue on in my group to encourage and support people. It's very important to me to get the word out about health and wellness and how being in good health can really transform your life. And it's really the only thing I've been truly passionate about. I've had quite a few careers, but this is really my passion and my love and to be able to pass on to other people that 
they can live in health and wellness and vibrancy. I hope that you have an amazing time in Hawaii. It's beautiful. Thanks. It just does. So, it, it For me, it speaks to my soul. And you being in holistic health, I'm sure it does the same for you. And I'm so happy that you found your passion. It makes a world of difference. Yes. Thank you so much. Lynn, if people want to learn more about you and your style of coaching and what you have to offer, where can they find you? The easiest way is my website. It is holistic-healthandwellness, all one word.com, holistic-healthandwellness.com. On there, there are two free giveaways for them and also a chance to contact me to schedule a free 30-minute session with me. I will include that information in the listen notes. Absolutely. Lynn, I want to thank you again for your time. It has been such a pleasure talking with you. I appreciate all that wonderful and very helpful information you've shared with us today. Keep doing what you're doing. We need more people like you. Thanks. I'm honored to be on your show. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Lynn. Before we end today, I'd like to give a shout out to the listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, let's keep navigating cancer together. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Navigating Cancer Together. I hope you enjoyed it. Please be sure to subscribe. And if you appreciate the show, drop a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. For notes from the show, visit ontheotherside.life and check out the podcast section. After you check out the show notes, head over to my gift shop and show yourself or someone special in your life some love with gifts of encouragement, hope, and positive affirmations. I would love it if you joined us for the next episode. Talk to you soon. Thank you.